Gavin, hey, Gavin, stand up for a second, Gavin. Gavin, stand up. Where are you? Stand up for a second. You're right in the back. Give Gavin a really big hand. You know, the, the thing about Gavin, and I, Gavin's in my life group. I love Gavin. I've known him since he was like in second grade. I've known Gavin because I knew his older brother. And, uh, and Gavin is full of energy and full of life, and he loves Jesus. And he is not interested in everything. He's just not. He's interested in some things. And when he told me about this, he sent me a link to some of the videos, which I, mean, I could never do what he did. Like, I wouldn't even know where to start. And I was like, dude, you should make some videos for junior high. And here's the series we're doing. And he jumped all over, got in the Bible, put them all together. And he's just using your gifts for the church in such a beautiful way. Gavin is setting the example. He is a leader in the room. Give him another big hand. All right, do me a favor. Grab your Bibles. Grab pens. If you don't have them, there's Bibles and pens. Uh, it, we, we take notes every week. If you haven't been taking notes, I want you to know it's totally fine. This is the week to take notes. If you haven't taken any notes, don't stress over it. Don't worry about it. I'm not worried about it. You shouldn't worry about it. This is the week to do it because we're wrapping up our series called Construction, and this is the week, I want you to walk away with this week knowing what we're talking about, because I think it has an impact on everything, you're going to see that. If you're here for the first time, I'm happy you're here. My name's Justin, by the way, uh, I'm the junior high pastor, and I'd love for you to stick around after, come see me, I'll be outside, and I want to meet you. Uh, every week we get together just like this, so come, bring friends, I love that you're here. All right. Here's a question for you that I want you to just to think about for a second. Have you ever, and I think everyone has an answer to this, okay? Have you ever not asked for help even though you knew you needed it? Okay, everyone at some point, everyone can say yes to this. Because at some point in your life, you know that you have. You may not want to admit it, but everyone has this piece about them where they say, you know what, I don't need help. I got this whole thing figured out. Why would I need you to help me with something that either I know how to do or more usually, this is the case, that we just feel like we should know how to do it. So if we admit that we don't know how to do it, that's sometimes kind of embarrassing. So we kind of put up the, the front. We put up the front like we know what we're doing, that we have it all together, that we have all the answers. And here's the deal. The truth is that that's not always the case. When I was in junior high, uh, I did this class. It was a home economics class, which they don't have classes like this anymore. I don't think they do at least. Uh, and we used to, in this class, like we would learn to cook and sew. You guys have this class still? Oh, my God, you're the first people to say that. And we would learn how to sew, and we would cook, and we would just, you know, clean and just do all these things that, that I just had no idea how to do. But I always obviously acted like I knew exactly what I was doing. So this one class specifically was a cooking class, and they had all the ingredients out there. And all you had to do, you know, you had to cut it up and mix it together, and you had like a little bit of a team. But, you know, like all teams that I was on when I was in sixth, seventh grade, uh, I, you know, led the team. No one asked me to. I just decided that I was in charge. And so I started bossing people around. Get me this. Get me that. Let's do this. No, no, I watch cooking shows. I know what to do. My mom, should I see? you're cooking every night for the last 10 years. I know what I'm doing. And I start chopping stuff. And at some point, the teacher comes over and she's like, hey, Justin, do you need any help? I'm like, no, 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 I don't need any help. Shh, with your help. All right, go sit down, eat an apple. I don't need your help. So I'm, you know, I'm there cooking. Teachers eat apples. That's the joke. And so I'm there, I'm cooking, I'm chopping stuff, and I'm putting it all in the pan, you know, getting ready to at least, you know, I'm kind of putting it in the prep area and I'm about to put it in the pan. So the pan is there, and it's heating up, and I know it's heating up, and the teacher comes again, and you know, she sees me getting ready to kind of put everything in the pan. Go, Justin, do you need help with it? No, I don't need any help at all. I got this. I got it all taken care of. I got it figured out. The truth is that I didn't. And so as I'm ready, I have my bowl of ingredients. I'm about to dump it into the pan. I reach out, grab the pan, not knowing that the heat from the pan has transferred to the handle, and I burn my hand. I scream like a girl. 
And everyone knew they were like, what's that? Who's that girl screaming? Oh, it's Justin. And I have blisters forming. It was actually very gruesome. Boys, you would have loved it. It was just, you know, bursting. It was very gross. And I looked at the teacher like, why didn't you tell me? She's like, I tried to tell you, but you didn't want any help. You know, here's the truth. I want you to write this down. This is true for me. I think it's true for you, too. It's going to appear on the screen. Uh, I regret the times I didn't ask for help. I regret the times I didn't ask for help. I don't know if you regret the times that you didn't ask for help, but if you're honest, I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but if we're honest, we're going to look at some situations at least and say, you know what? In that time, I regret I didn't ask for because I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I needed to act like I knew what I was doing because to you know, kind of keep up like the front to everyone that I have all the answers. Like it, you know, that maybe for you, like for me, I just burnt my hand a little bit. Maybe for you, like the outcome was a little more severe. Like you really regret it because things really didn't work out and you wish you would have asked for help. Here's the thing that I know for sure. I know that the Bible is so good, and it gives us examples of all these different stories. And if we're talking about the construction, how the church was built, and we don't talk about how we take next steps, then we're missing a whole part of what Jesus intended for us when he gave us the church. So we talked about the last couple weeks, Jesus is the foundation we build on, and every week we've been adding things to it, community, and sharing your story, uh, serving. We talked about last week, and this week we're talking about next steps, how next steps are part of the construction, part of the things that go on the foundation of Jesus and how the church was built. And we have a story out of the book of Acts. So if your Bible's with you, open them up. It's in Acts chapter 8. This is such a good story. You guys are going to love this story. Right? This is so good. Feel free to use your table of contents. I use mine all the time. There's no shame in that. All right, table of contents is there for a reason. But Acts, it's like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Okay, there's no page number. Use your table of contents. It's going to be up here on the screen. Let me read it, and we're going to learn something about it. Uh, verse 26, as for Philip... An angel of the Lord said to him, go down south to the desert road that runs to Jerusalem, to Gaza, which is their towns in Israel. And he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, which is important, people of great authority. So this is one of these people of great authority. Now I want you to think, just think for a quick moment, you think of someone in great authority, someone who's kind of in charge, and typically people who are in charge are not willing to admit that they don't know or they don't have an answer. Like I think there's a little bit of like being in charge where it's just assumed that you know everything you need to know all the time. And this is what's so good, that, that they're using the example of a guy who had great authority, a guy who was in charge. This is what it says, uh, under uh, Candake, which they used to name girls Candake, all right, so be thankful you're named like Jill or Sarah or Kristen, not Candake, all right? Uh, the queen of Ethiopia. The, the eunuch had gone from Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning, seated in his carriage, and he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah, which for you guys is in the Old Testament. Uh, and you have to remember this. This is a very important note, okay? Back then, they didn't have the Bible the way we have the Bible. It wasn't all put together in a book that you could just flip through like you guys have right now. For them, it was like all these random pages and books and collections of, of different letters and things that just existed. So there was nothing that everyone could reference. Like these, not everyone had copies of this. So he's reading it, like the fact that he's reading it, like what we're reading today, like this was happening live. Like this was happening, like in the moment this was happening. And you know, for us, we get to read about it you know, thousands of years later. But for them, like they're living this. And He's reading through Isaiah, and this is what happens next. This is so good. It's in the next verse. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over, heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked him, do you understand what you are reading? 
Now I want you to imagine this for a second. Imagine you're at school, all right, sweet little junior high kids at school, and you guys are walking in the hallway, see one of your teachers, someone of great authority, okay? Philip knew who this guy was, great authority. You see a teacher, someone of great authority, and they're reading something, and you walk up and you tap them on the shoulder, hey, Mrs. whatever, Mr. whatever, teacher of whatever. Do you understand what you're reading? Like, I could imagine if someone came up to me, like, at church, and I'm, like, in my office, like, reading the Bible, and someone comes in and is like, hey, Justin, do you understand what you're reading? Like, I'd be insulted. They would ask me such, like, such an aggressive question. Like, of course, you should just assume that I understand what I'm reading, because I'm reading it. And why would I want you to call out my faults and my shortcomings? Like, why are you asking me, like, because I don't want to, if I don't know what I'm reading, I don't want to admit that I don't know what I'm reading. I have to act like I know what I'm reading 100% of the time. This is what's so good. Because Jesus is so honest. The, Jesus is so honest, and the people who follow Jesus, they're so honest in all the best ways. So he looks at him and he says, do you understand what you're reading? Not because he wants to make this guy look like a fool, because he wants to help this guy. Now, luckily, this guy in great authority is a very smart guy. This is what he said. The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? So it's a very smart statement. Like, I think all of you, like, your minds are blowing up right now. Because if I was to say to you, hey, do you understand what you're reading? Like, I run into students all the time, and I'm like, hey, you guys reading your Bible at home, doing devotionals, doing whatever? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm like, oh, oh cool, you know, do you understand what you're reading? And instead of, you know, a student, and listen, students should say this to me, because you don't understand all that you're reading. You're, you know, you're supposed to learn. Like, that's one of the things about me being a pastor, our leaders, like, we want to teach you. But, you know, this student, you know, looks at me and is like, oh, yeah, I totally know what I'm reading. I'm totally know what I'm okay, what are you reading about? Oh, like, you know, it's about, you know, God and this flowing river and this, this desert. So, like, I, I think I'm supposed to go on vacation or something. And I'm like, no, that's not what it means that you're supposed to go on vacation. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what it means. But you don't know what it means not because you're bad or wrong or have made a mistake, because you're still learning. See, this guy, he knows that he's still learning and he admits it. Uh, and he urged Philip to come into the carriage and sit with him. Here's two points I want you to write down. This is the important stuff. This is what it says on the screen. I want you to write this down. When you're taking next steps, so when you're taking next steps, you have to offer help to others, and you have to ask for help. This is very simple stuff. If I'm going to ask you, my students, to take next steps in your relationship with Jesus, you have to be willing to offer help to other people because I can't be the one to help everybody take their next steps with Jesus. It's impossible. By leaders, they can't be the only ones. That's why we put students in life groups together. So that in life groups, you guys can kind of wrestle with stuff and talk about stuff and, and, you know, ask each other questions and be there and answer stuff because you have to be students who are willing to, you know, give help to people. Maybe a younger sibling, someone in a life group. you got to be willing to offer help. And you have to be willing to ask for help. Some people have a really big problem asking for help. I, listen, I'm one of those people sometimes. Like, it's hard for me to ask for help. Like, I get, I get grilled on it all the time. One time, I was out on this paddleboard, like I was out at a trip with a bunch of staff members, and we went paddleboarding in the, the, in the open ocean as one of these things. We went to La Jolla, but I always pronounce it La Jolla because I just have no idea, all right? So I was like, oh, we're going to La Jolla. This is going to be so great. So I just pronounce La Jolla. Everyone laughs in my face about that. So we're out there paddleboarding, and I'm, I'm getting seasick, okay? I'm getting seasick, all right? I'm literally throwing up off the paddleboard my breakfast. It's gross. It's disgusting. And I'm throwing up, and someone, and we're kind of all separated, but someone kind of paddled like, hey, Justin, do you need some help? And I'm literally green, laying on the paddleboard, clinging it to, for dear life, puking. And I look at him, I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm just trying to get my sea legs about me. Because I can't admit that I need help. I just can't, like, there's just something about me. I, I don't know if this, is a, if this is a you thing too, but there's just something about me sometimes. I just can't say, yes, I need help. I don't know, I don't understand. And, and here's the thing, if you can't ask for help, 
then you will hit a wall when you are taking next steps in your relationship with Jesus because it was not meant to be done by yourself. It was meant to be done with others. That is what it says in the Bible. This is so good. This is the next verse. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the pro- tell me what the prophet, uh, tell me what the prophet, uh, let's start over. Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Do you know why this verse is in there? It's very important. This is why this verse is in there. Because they're trying to teach us a lesson. Here's the lesson. It doesn't matter where you start in the Bible. It all points to Jesus. That's what he's trying to teach us. And Philip is teaching this by living this. It doesn't matter where you start in the Bible. It doesn't matter if you're in Genesis, if you're in Isaiah. It doesn't matter if you open up the Bible to some book you've never even heard of, Lamentations, Ezekiel, but you know, Philippians, Colossians, I can name all the books of the Bible. I'm a pastor, okay? I can name every single book. All right, I could prove it to you, but I believe that you all believe me, so I don't need to prove it to you, so I'm not going to. But I could name all of it. And so you could open up to any book in the Bible, and the end of that story points to Jesus. You know why that is? It's going to be up here on the screen. I want you to write this down. This is important. Any next step that you know, you're going to take, we ask you to take, baptism, reading the Bible more, praying more, encouragement, even financial stuff, the steps that you take in your relationship with Jesus, any next step starts with the first step of following Jesus. Now, here's what the benefit is. Everyone in the room gets to play, all right? Everyone. Because there, everyone in the room, either they know who Jesus is, and they're like, I've been to camp, I'm in a life group, I know who Jesus is, like, I'm good. Perfect, you know who Jesus is? Then we gotta, we're taking next steps in our relationship with Jesus. Some of you in the room are like, I kind of know who Jesus is, but I'm not sure if, like, I've taken the first step of following Jesus. Great, we can talk about that. That gives us something to talk about. Some people in the room are like, I've never heard of Jesus. My friend invited me. They promised me they'd take me to Boomers after this. They better make good on that deal because I, I, that's why I came to JHM today. And you don't know who Jesus is. You never heard about Jesus. And for you, it's like, what is this? And that's good too because it gives us a starting point. Because Jesus is the starting point of everything. When we're looking to take our next steps, if it doesn't start with Jesus, then, then you're not starting anywhere valuable. The only valuable place to start is with Jesus. Now here's what it says in the next verse. This is so good. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? This is next steps, okay? This is next steps in his relationship with Jesus. He heard about Jesus. He was riding on the road, reading Isaiah, doesn't know what he's reading. Someone offers help. Can I help you understand what you're reading? He accepts the help. Yeah, I don't understand. I need some help understanding. He's taken a step. Some of us admitting that we don't know, like, is a massive step for us. He's admitted he doesn't know. I need help. He sat, they talk about it, tells him who Jesus is, says yes to Jesus. Yeah, I believe, I'm going to say yes to Jesus. Takes his first step, follows Jesus. Going along the road, oh my gosh, there's some water. Why don't I get baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. This isn't like a month later or a week later. It's like, I took this step. I know who Jesus is, and I'm ready to take my next step. Are you with me? Let's go. Because here's the thing, I want you to write it down to me on the next slide. This is what it says. After you take one step, you start to see your next step more clearly. You know, for the Ethiopian eunuch, it was so clear. I said yes to Jesus. What should I do next? I'm going to be baptized. You know, I imagine it's because Philip explained to him, you know, hey, Jesus, and this is what he's about, and you know, this is some of the things he taught us. You know, believe me, the Bible doesn't say this, but I just, I assume it because when you're sharing the gospel of Jesus with someone, that's what you're sharing about. And these are the things that Jesus taught. These are the things he was about. Jesus was baptized. He, he actually commanded us to go and do the same thing. And, you know, and I've been baptized. Philip's probably talking, I've been baptized. And like, that's how, like, you have to think, like, how does this guy, the Ethiopian, even know about baptism? Well, it's probably because he heard about it from Philip. 
And he didn't wait a month or six months or like, oh, you know, I got distracted with this thing or that thing or the other thing. Because the longer we take when it comes to taking our next step, the more unclear it becomes what that next step is. Because when you take one step, like going to camp is a great example of this. That's why I love camp. Eli Zublin, he goes to camp. Eli Zublin loves camp. All right, we go to camp, and Eli Zublin, he lights up at camp. Camp's amazing. And you go to camp, and it's no distractions, no phone. You get to be in cabins with leaders that love you. You get to do, you know, we're going to do some prayer time. We're going to do some Bible time. We're going to do the big room, you know, hoopla, fun time, speaker time, cabin time, and all the fun that goes with it. But you get to do all that, and it just gives you a break from all the chaos of homework and school and all the expectations and the grades and the I have tos and the, and the why didn't you and the, the oh my gosh, why aren't you and just all those things that we have to worry about in life. We take a break from that. And usually when students get to take a break from all that, they get to see more clearly what their next step in their relationship with Jesus is. But then what happens, we come back from camp and we're amped and we're ready, and we're like, I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to get serious about spending time with God every day in the Bible or every time with day with God in prayer. Like, I'm going to get serious about it. But then we get home from camp, and then the schoolwork starts back up, and, and practice starts back up, and, and that, that next step that was so clear before is now not as clear because we've spent too much time away from it. Here's my question for you. Somebody up here on the screen, okay? This is an easy question. What's your next step? All right, and here's the deal. This is so easy, right? Because Either you can say, man, I don't know what my next step is, which is fine. You can say, man, I kind of think my next step is something like this. You could say, I need help figuring out my next step. You know the thing? Sometimes when people say, you know, you hear someone say, like, hey, you know, like this, like, what's your next step? Like, you know, wh- you know why, why aren't you? You know, you need to do something. You know who it reminds me of? Reminds me of Mickey Mouse. All right? You guys know Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? All right, listen. Mickey Mouse is, uh, Mickey Mouse, all right, he's, he's kind of ridiculous, all right? See, this is clubhouse, this magical clubhouse, all right? No job, no job, no school, no responsibility. He has his buddy Donald come over. Again, no job, so, you know, just hanging out. Donald brings his non-committal relationship, Daisy, who's just chasing after him, okay? And Donald, he's fine with that. Daisy's like, oh, you know, Minnie talking about bows all the time, selfish, all about herself, all right? Minnie and like, oh, look at my dress, look at my bow, look at my heels, look at me. All right, Minnie, total jerk. Uh, And we have Goofy, all right? Goofy. Hey, hey, watch the show, man. I watch the show. I watch hours and hours. I'm watching the show, taking notes. I'm connecting all the dots. Goofy, single dad. All right, where's his kid all the time? That's number one. Number two, all right, he has this, like, flirtatious relationship with Claire, the cowbell girl. Uh, you know, she's, like, ridiculous, owns a little, you know, mart, and they just have this flirtatious relationship. You know, who's the, you know who the worst of them all is? The worst of them all? Pluto. Okay, the the dog, the one animal, the one animal that doesn't talk. All right, the chipmunks they talk. All right, the birds talk. All right, the random monkey they find, that guy talks. But Pluto, he doesn't talk for some reason. Suspicious? I think so. All right. And you know what else I find to be really funny? Pete. You guys know Pete? I have such a heart for Pete. My heart, my heart breaks for Pete. Okay. Big, big Pete, okay? All right, overweight, all right? Listen, there's nothing wrong with overweight. Listen, there's nothing wrong with overweight. This guy's overweight. And they all, they all give him a hard time about it. They all give him a hard time about it. There's this one episode, I remember this one episode. I'm watching this episode. I'm flabbergasted by this. I emailed Disney about this episode. 
I was blown away by this episode. This is what happens in the episode, okay? They're playing soccer, Mickey at his magical palace, weird, playing soccer with his inner circle clique of friends that he excludes everyone else from. You never see the chipmunks hanging out, like just, you know, showing up whenever they want. It's exclusionary, it's unhealthy. So he's hanging playing soccer with his exclusionary friends, and they kick the soccer ball over out there into the woods, because one, they are terrible at soccer, and they kick it, and they interrupt Pete laying there on a hammock, sleeping, I sleep in hammocks, okay? There's nothing wrong with sleeping in a hammock. And, you know, Pete gets up, this nice guy, Pete, sweetheart Pete, gets up, gets the ball, oh, it's the ball, and they're like, oh, throw the ball, and he kicks the ball, and he kind of misses, he's kind of flubbery, kind of misses, doesn't do that good, and you know what, you know what, instead of not making a big deal about it, not making a big deal, Mickey decides to make a gigantic deal about it. Oh, Pete! You know what the problem is? You're, you, you, you're overweight. You need to work out more, Pete. Can you imagine saying that to somebody? This is, a, this is a child's cartoon, all right? You should work out. You know what, Pete? We should do some mouse-sizing, which is a completely selfish, branded exercise program done by Mickey Mouse. Totally ridiculous. And they get this guy. All right, so imagine this. Imagine this. Okay, let's be real. Let's be real. Imagine you are sleeping in a hammock. Someone wakes you up. And it's like, hey... You're out of shape. We need to work out. All right, that's vulgar. And then, you know how you're going to work out? Hey, guys, I'm going to hop on my bike as I'm riding my bike. This is in the episode. As I'm riding my bike, you're going to run around the lake as I'm riding my bike. Then we're going to go over there. We're going to do some jumping jacks, some sit-ups, and then we're going to actually play some basketball. Do you know what? I'd be dead. I personally would die halfway through that. But poor Poor Pete, who just wants to take a break. No, Pete, you can't take a break. We're exercising. And they're just running this guy because Mickey thinks he has all the answers, and he just thinks Pete doesn't know anything. Here's the deal. When I ask you what your next step is, it isn't because I have all the answers and think that you don't know anything. When I ask you what your next step is, it's because I want to help you go to where Jesus wants you to go. Not because I selfishly think I have the answers of what you should do. It's not because I'm waking you up somewhere and saying, hey, hey, you should be less like you and more like me. That's what Mickey Mouse does. Jesus is not like the Mickey Mouse. He does not want you to be less like you and more like someone else. He wants you to be the fullness of who you are in light of who Jesus is. And when you're taking next steps in your relationship with Jesus, like it's not you just fixing yourself in some weird way. It's actually you growing deeper in a relationship. Now, here's the thing. I want you to write this down. All right? It's very important. These are the things that I'm asking you for. It's going to be on the next slide. Very easy stuff. I w- want to ask you very simple things. Do you know your next step? Now, it's a very simple thing. Your answer could be yes. Your answer could be no. I'm not sure what my next step is. I need help. Your answer could be I totally know what my next step is. I've been, I've been doing it. But everyone needs an answer to this. Everyone needs an answer to this. Do you know, uh, do others know your next step? Like, if you know what your next step is, have you shared it with someone else? You know, the Ethiopian eunuch, he had no problem sharing with Philip that he didn't know stuff. He had no problem sharing with Philip, hey, there's water there. Let, I want to take my next step. Why, why, why don't you help me? You know, here's the thing. The you know, very first question I asked, like, do you ever, you know, regret that you didn't ask for help for things you know you needed it? You know, I don't want you to regret ever that you didn't ask for help in growing in your relationship with Jesus and look back when you're older and be like, man, I wish I would have got help from my youth leader. I wish my, wish my youth pastor would have helped me out because we, we're, that's what we're here for. But if you don't share with others what your next step is, there's no way for people to kind of, you know, keep you accountable or ask you how it's doing or check in with you. And here's the last one. Do you know your leader's next step? And this is really easy, all right? Here's Dominic. Let's use him as an example. 
you should be able to walk up to Dominic and say to Dominic, Dominic, what's your next step? And Dominic should be able to tell you his next step. Because, and here's the reason why. Because if we as leaders and as me as your pastor don't, don't live out what we're teaching you to do, that makes what we're teaching just invalid. It makes it, it, makes it not worthwhile if we're not willing to live it out. So I want to tell you this. I want to tell you what the next step that I'm taking is so that you guys can know. And then there's a point to this, all right? So here's the next step I'm taking. Me and my wife, we did the whole financial peace university thing. We did it. Money Dave. Remember Money Dave and that whole thing we did? Yeah, Money Dave, Money Dave. So we decided, my wife and I decided that we actually needed to really figure out and get out of debt. It was something that we decided we needed to take a next step in. So we looked at our finances, and we ran the numbers, and we redid our budget, and we decided that we want to be financially free, have no debt, no credit card debt, no car loans, no student loans. That's the step we're taking. Now, why did I share that with you? Well, this is the reason I shared it with you. So in a month from now, when you come and see me on the patio and say, hey, Justin, how's everything going with that next step you're taking? And I can look at you and be like, oh, the one about me getting out of debt? Yeah, yeah that's the one. Hey, it's going great. These are some of the things that me and my wife are doing. This is how we're working to, you know, pursue and accomplish that next step. Because here's the thing. In the early church, how they built the church, how it was constructed, was with people knowing what's going on in each other's lives. If you have not opened up and shared a little bit about what's going on in your life with someone else, then you're missing this beautiful opportunity. I want you to know your next step, others' next step, and I want you to know your leader's next step. And here's the big idea for today. I want you to write it down because when you leave, and you will, and you get, you know, go home and do the whole thing, get ready for school tomorrow and blah, 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 the whole thing. But more importantly, when you get into your car, your parent, right, they're going to, you know, turn the heat up. They're going to turn their iPhone light on, stick it in your face like an interrogation. They're going to look at you and say, what did you learn today? And then you're going to be able to tell them, this is what I learned. I learned the church was built by taking next steps in our relationship with Jesus. And then you're going to turn the camera and phone and light around on them, put it right in their eyes. And what are you going to say to them? What did you learn today? Because if they're going to ask you what you learned, you've got to ask them what they learned. Now, here's the deal. You're all going to go home. You're all going to get ready for a week. My hope is that you just take a moment out of your week, maybe today, maybe the next couple days, and just ask yourself that question. Do I know what my next step is? If you do, great, share it with someone else. If you don't, come talk to someone. Ask for help. I regretted the times I didn't ask for help when I needed it. Don't let the next steps you're taking in your relationship with Jesus be one of the things you look at one day and say, I regret that I didn't ask for help. Ask for help. And lastly, in your life groups this week, who's in the life group, by the way? Yeah, in your life groups this week, I want you to remember this. I want you to remember this. Don't forget this. When you get into your life groups this week, I want you to sit down, and one of the first things I want you to ask your leader is, what is the next step you're taking? And if they don't have an answer, I want you to email me, and I'm going to show up at your life group the following week, and we're going to cover them in some kind of a, some kind of a Nutella-type substance, and it's going to be great. You're going to love it. All right? Hey, let me pray for you. Then we're going to go. I think you're all incredible. And ready? Here we go. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. You care about us, Jesus. You want to know us. You want to help us see how you built the church so we can do the same kinds of things. Let us see what our next steps are. Let us have the courage to admit when we need help with them. Let us share it with someone else, and let us know what our leader's next step is so it can be an encouragement to us. Thank you. We love you. Amen. Guys, see you all next week. Goodbye. We love you. Bye. Sign up for camp. You're awesome.